Box Box. It's time for our podcast. It's Friday then. It's Saturday, Sunday. What? You're listening to the Pit Wall Girls podcast hosted by Darlene and Adriana. Hi, Adriana. Hi, Darlene. We're back after our summer break. We are in two races after the Dutch Grand Prix in Monza. This is our first episode back we kind of just been living in the moment we had adriana's bachelorette which was over monza weekend and we had a day in monza we did a pool party we've had our own summer break yeah adriana was happy carlos was on the podium yeah that made that made the weekend for sure today we have a little bit of a different episode we have a very exciting guest with us michaela of she loves formula one with us today michaela is a content creator. She's huge on TikTok. She has a massive community around coining terms, drivers effects, and she hosts a very important competition known as Thirsty Thursdays. So without further ado, we have Michaela. Hi. Hello. Hello, girls. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to chat all all the different things, F1 and beyond. <laughs> of course. No, and thanks for being here as well. And I'm sure you're so busy. We love your content and are really excited to show our audience a bit more about it. Um, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about how you got into F1? Um, so my F1 love affair, I guess, if you will, I grew up watching motorsport in America. So I was watching NASCAR and IndyCar, thanks to my dad and my older brother. So I was pretty familiar with those series, but I had never heard of, about F1. And this is well before the Drive to Survive era. So it wasn't like we had TikTok or content creators or girls like this on podcast to listen to about Formula One. So the way that I found about it was actually pretty funny. It was on a first date with a Brazilian man who took me to see the Senna <laughs> documentary in theaters, not to age myself, but um, so he took me to see that live in theaters, which was an amazing date, except for the fact that we both cried during the movie because um, if you've ever seen it, it's a really wonderful film about his life um, and his legacy. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, I'm crying on this date. And, and it's talking about Formula One. And I was just so interested in this sport that I really didn't know much about. And like a lot of people, once I started watching it and watching all the races, I was pretty hooked immediately. I mean, I think we've all had that moment where we're like, oh my gosh. And then you instantly um, become obsessed with it. And there was no turning back from that point. Um, and then fast forward, you know, here in, in 2023, and now we have so many content creators and podcasts and um, different influencers and social media channels. And it just feels like for the first time, I'm seeing so many women talking about motorsport. Um, and there's more and more and more every single day. And literally nothing makes me more excited than talking to other women about um, F1 and motorsport in general. So I just like, I, if you would have told me this five years ago, I would have been like, what are you talking about? And now it just feels like so normal. And like, we're on this really positive traje trajectory, um, which is really, really exciting to, um, you know, be here on a, on a Wednesday night chatting about F1. Like that's just so exciting. It's so cool to me. So what a, what a crazy thing life is. 
Yeah, thank you for sharing all that. I love that story on a first date. Who would have thought like fast forward and now you're here. But that's funny because I had I didn't know about F1 either, but I almost once went to a race just because Taylor Swift was going to perform. And I told yes. my I know you were there, so I want to know a little bit about that. But yeah, I was like Formula One. I told my one of my friends, we should just buy tickets. We'll see Taylor. We don't have to go see cars racing around. But I feel like if I would have gone to that 2016, like my life would have been so different now. Like I would have been hooked instantly because when I started watching the races, like I love this regardless of Drive to Survive. Yeah. And yeah. I know when we started talking about like maybe creating a podcast where like, oh, there's there's no one who has something like this. Like we're, we're like the smartest people for thinking about this. Like it's going to be so unique. And then we saw like there's like a million others, which is exciting and cool that like so many people are talking yeah, about Yeah, it's it. a very supportive space, I think. And like I think each podcast is unique and you have your own perspectives and your own backgrounds and your own way of looking at things. And I think that's what's so exciting about what we're seeing right now in this space is that so many people are talking about it. Um, and even though it is, it can feel like daunting and saturated in terms of like, it's kind of blown up. Um, mm -hmm. I really, I really think it's exciting just to see all these new faces and new perspectives and new ways of talking about the sport. And um, no one is better than the other. In my opinion, I think there's room for everyone here. And it really is to your point, like it's such a supportive, fangirl community like it's just i feel like everyone's just like there's no better hype person than people like strangers on the internet you know and then when you meet them in person at a race it's just like it's so amazing I, like, like i'm so instant bffs and like i'm so excited for the the race of the circuit of the americas next month and they're doing friendship bracelets and i literally cannot wait it's going to be like the super bowl <laughs> oh my god i did not know i might actually be going to the race so now i need to make bracelets now you have, have to make yeah bracelets. yeah it's super last minute but i think that oh my I, god yeah. i have like so many that <laughs> crazy hopefully we can trade like, bracelets <laughs> We have to, we have yeah. to, it's going to be like, it's going to be so much fun. It's like the fangirlification of F1 that's happening is um, everything that I dreamed of and more. And I'm sure that like Taylor Swift probably never realized in 2016 that she was already, she's been a trendsetter her entire life. Like she, it was just the writing on the wall, I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I wish she would perform again at a race. Oh my God. But... <sighs> oh my God. I would like... That would be insane. I can't. I can't imagine what that would be like. But that that actually would probably make me no. evaporate into oblivion. Yeah, Those are my two, the best two favorite things of all time, for sure. We have a little bit Truly. of a dilemma. Taylor's performing in Miami next year, the same weekend as the Austin race. So oh. we're like, this is a I big really crossroads. Yeah, I really want to go next year. That's like the one I'm really aiming for. But then like. The chance to see Taylor again. It's not how do you easy. decide? It's how not an like, easy choice. <laughs> how, do, how do you decide? But the good news is, is that there are other concert dates and there are other races. So whichever mm -hmm. one that you do, that you can always kind of counterbalance it by going to a different city. So that's, yeah. that's me trying to play devil's advocate. <laughs> Yeah, and I keep saying I need to go to a race next year because I need to see Carlos and Charles pairing one more time. I need to. You, 
But to lead into our speculation, no, Carlos will not be at Ferrari. <laughs> oh, yes. There has been, I mean, there's so many silly season rumors that I just feel like silly season is no longer a season. It's just like, um, you know, like yeah. a, an yeah, it's just a never ending era wow. that we're in. So we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm personally just um, very much in shock that Carlos doesn't use conditioner. That's, that's what I've just been. <laughs> He was so proud of it too. He was. <laughs> so he was. Yeah, so this is kind of a perfect segue that you mentioned, Carlos, <laughs> and conditioner. So I did see that video of Carlos saying he doesn't use conditioner. And all I was thinking of was Michaela saying Carlos Saint hair is the eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> um, and I feel like he knows that. He was so like proud of his hair conditioner, like not using it. He's like, my routine is just shampooing it once. Like he seems so proud about so that. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we had asked you if you could come on today and talk to us a little bit about the driver's effects. That's personally how I found you. I actually remember the first video I saw of you. And at that moment, I just saw it. And I didn't think anything of it, but it was like one French driver turned his hat backwards and started a revolution <laughs> and like that song just replays in my head so <laughs> would you be able to tell us a little bit about the first effect that you thought of and like how it became a thing because there's so many now <laughs> there are so many I'm like I was like looking at my iPhone's notes app this morning and I was like I there's literally an effect for every driver and I don't know how my brain has quite um came up with that but Basically, I was just so fascinated with Pierre Gasly and his era of the backwards hat. So I started calling it the Pierre effect, um, much to Lando Norris's. Um, <laughs> let's say he's not the biggest fan of that terminology <laughs> from what we've seen. But I just thought that he was such a trendsetter and it played into the fact that he's an Aquarius. So I started calling it the Pierre effect. And I just decided to kind of splice up videos of different drivers with their hats facing forward and then switching to their hats facing backwards, which is just a phenomenon for, I think what a lot of women can agree with is they, they see a man with his, with his hat forwards and then he turns his hat backwards and it's like, Something, has, something, has, happened. <laughs> something has happened. It, it has an effect on us. And so I just decided to call it the Pierre effect. And for whatever reason, that really stuck with a lot of people. Even Pierre himself um, like liked my post on Instagram talking about the Pierre effect. Um, and that just made I me laugh. That. <laughs> yes. I mean, he is like, he's very much online, as I think all of these drivers are. <laughs> Even Carlos in his most recent interview said that um, if drivers say like they haven't seen those videos, they're lying, which I would say that's wow. probably accurate. Like there's just too many videos that people are making about them these days for them to ignore, you know, the public opinion, let's say. But um, I can't say that the driver's effect was like, this mastermind Taylor Swift plan. It was just something that I came up with that was like funny on TikTok and people just started started rolling with it. So I came up with like the Charles effect, which is his wink. So he would be like winking on podiums and making people, you know, lose their <laughs> lose their minds, right? So then I would just start talking about it when we would see him on the podium last season. And so stuff like that would just start catching on really quickly. And I think it's just a fun way to kind of like coin a term that 
feels a little bit like an inside joke between our community. And I think that's what makes communities really fun is when you have like this terminology and this language and these inside jokes that feels like you're just talking with your best friends in a group chat. And like, I really try to make that what She Loves F1 is all about, like this really fun, um, safe community where you feel like you can really unapologetically be yourself and be accepted to talk about motorsport and F1 however you want, because so often as fangirls, we're looked at really negatively for being excited about sports and talking about it differently. And I really wanted to embrace the fact that I think people can be fans in so many different ways and not no one is better than the other. And um, I was just really tired of women having to prove themselves as fans. So, um, I, you know, the, the tried and true, like, oh, you only watch F1 because you think the drivers are hot kind of sentiment. And it's like, well, what if that is the only reason that someone watched? Like, why does that affect you personally? Or yeah, what, like, they are on TV <laughs> for a reason. Like, they so <laughs> Yeah. Or, like, what if you think someone is attractive and you love the technology and you want to become an engineer? Or what if you're not even attracted to men? I mean, there's so many different things, and I just feel like fangirls have been looked at. Um, so negatively, despite being, we're always on the forward in terms of creating trends and driving trends. And I think we've seen that so much within this content space of women being really excited about talking about F1. And now we're seeing teams really start to reflect that back in the content at us. I mean, we've seen the kind of content that Ferrari is putting out there and Mercedes is putting out Toto kind of thirst traps every now and then. I mean, it's, it's so inter interesting to see like this evolution of content that in in many ways, a lot of fangirls have been the driving force behind that. And so I think it's really exciting to to create this space where we really just feel welcomed and empowered to show up as ourselves and be, um, you know, not have to be looked down at as a, you know, for being excited about something. No, yeah, for sure. And I feel like I need to thank you for the space that you have created. Because when I first started to create content, I was a little bit nervous of how people were going to react. Because yeah, there is that like, you only think the drivers are attractive, mm -hmm. which yes, they are attractive, but there's so many other things about them. And then I kind of found your content and you were so unapologetic about it and so excited how you would make it. So in a way, you're like, mother is mothering also for me. You <laughs> <laughs> um, really are a big inspiration. Aww. Yeah. And I yes, really I, like... Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Nothing makes me more happy than like, than um, inspiring people to make their own content and like, and for them to show up however they want and to be unapologetically themselves. Like that truly is the goal for me because we are all fans in our own right and we can all talk about sports however we want, of course, as long as we're being respectful mm -hmm. of the sport and the drivers and of each other. And beyond that, like we, we all have different backgrounds. We have different opinions. We have different ways of saying things. And I hope that people learn that just because someone says something differently than you or talks about something differently than you, it can definitely not be the kind of content that you like and that's totally fine, but it doesn't mean that it's bad or it's wrong. And hopefully the community can kind of under, begin to understand that there's, 
you know, room for ever, all of us here. And I really hope that we can kind of keep moving in that direction where we see people feeling empowered to show up however they want. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And what you said is so true about um, how the teams are like picking up on these things and like, it just shows the power of it. Like it's, it's a trend and people pick up on trends and now the teams are, are implementing these things, the drivers, it's, it's just like a one big community. So I think like people like you definitely have created that platform. <laughs> you know what I also think is interesting? Like they're, we're saying drivers use those fun TikTok filters and doing things that are a lot more silly and lighthearted um, and kind of like humanizing them a little bit. And there were so many fangirls that got so much hate for kind of the personalization and humanization of these drivers. And now the teams themselves are, are doing it. So I just think that's yeah. another really interesting example to see of the influence of people like yourselves, like me, and so many other amazing female content creators that are in this space that are talking about the sport literally every single day and keeping mm -hmm. people engaged and bringing new eyes to the sport. And I think there's just something so exciting and, and so much to be said for that. So it's just really cool to be a part of and, and just to witness and, and keep, um, you know, inspiring everyone and, and welcoming them all with open arms. It's just so cool. Yeah, I think us fangirls are just as powerful as Drive to Survive for the sport. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> like TikTok and the content creators, I mean, they're like every single day people are pushing out content and talking about different things and having opinions and their videos are reaching people that may not have ever turned on Drive to Survive or may not have ever been interested in it. And I know of so many people who have gotten into um, F1 from a TikTok edit, for example. So it's just like there's so many yeah. different ways to get into the sport now. And of course, Drive to Survive is definitely a big game changer for the sport as it was intended to be. But there's so many different ways now. And the role of content creators definitely, I don't think, is going unnoticed. Um, and if it was, I think it's going to be really hard to continue to kind of ignore it. Yeah. Okay, that was an awesome chat actually about just like yeah. content creators in the, in the space. Um, wait, Adriana, do you have any questions about the driver's effects? Do you want to know like if Alex has an effect? Yeah. I just know some of her yeah. favorite so drivers. I know some of my favorite ones, like the mm. Charles one, that one's definitely one of my faves. But what are some of like the more unknown ones or like the ones you don't talk about as much? Um, I think the one that like that is one of my favorites that I don't talk about as much, which is one of the max, max effects is he's such a good hugger. If you've ever seen him giving hugs <laughs> to people, like, he looks like he gives really amazing hugs. And I think the power of like a really genuinely like happy hug, like when he hugs Lando or when he hugs Daniel, like it's, I'm like, oh my God, like I, I feel like a max hug could like change my mood if I was having a bad day. So I think the Max effect is definitely um, a fun one. Um, obviously, the Carlos effect is just being the eighth wonder of the world. He's like a Disney prince. So um, and then My he also like, can look like... so confused at the same time. Like when he's so spaced out, <laughs> that's also a Carlos effect. Those are really funny. I would pay money to know what world he's in. Like what is going on when I he spaces know. out? Like he's just in Carlos Lala land. Like the faces are just <laughs> so funny. Okay. It's really like 
that is one of the most memeable things ever is when he just like <laughs> looks like he's it's either like he's computing or he's not computing anything um but i just feel privileged to to be a part of it and to witness it <laughs> um and i just love that he just embraces like the memes of himself like the other drivers i think are beginning to like embrace um their individual brands because now we're seeing them all kind of branch out like alex albon today launched his new collection with sneakers and like keychains i don't know if you saw that that was very unexpected I, had, yes. I hadn't seen that the last i saw was that they were having like a meet and greet and lily had a bunch of friendship bracelets but i didn't see that super exciting that's super exciting yeah, they look really cool. They're like uh, nice looking, like suede-ish sneakers. And then there's keychains, which I did not expect from Alex at all. But I'm so excited to see these drivers kind of embrace their own brands um, mm -hmm. and, you know, like their own effects. But they're going into, you know, their entrepreneur eras. And, and I love that for them. That's so exciting that they're able to kind of like be a driver on the track and also simultaneously start their own businesses. And I think Lando Norris is definitely a really good example of someone who's done a really good job at that. Yeah. I follow Quadrant like religiously. I love his Quadrant stuff. They're so funny. Like the whole team is hilarious. Yeah. Lando's They're so smart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think what I really want to know, and I don't know if you've ever said this, but like, who's your favorite driver? Oh, that is the number one question that I get that I get asked because I think for like it's been very intentional for She Loves F1 to like spread the love to all of the drivers um, and try to be like really obviously there's some that I talk about more than others um, just because they're a little bit more active on social media but I really try to make it something so where I'm celebrating each and every one of them because I think that. Um, they get so much hate and so much criticism and so much toxicity online. And I really want to be someone that's just like hyping them up on the internet and trying to um, be a place where if you're a fan of maybe like a, a driver that's maybe a little bit less beloved, like a Charles Leclerc, for example, that you, you have someone who's equally like hyping him up. Like, for example, Zhou Guan Yu, I always talk about him and his like Prada partnerships and stuff like that because that's so exciting and that's so mm -hmm. cool and i think um everyone deserves the love so she loves f1 doesn't have favorites i would say i personally have my favorites that i root for let's say behind the scenes um i think ev everyone knows that i've been a daniel ricardo fan for a very <laughs> very long time um, <laughs> so i would say uh daniel ricardo is very close to my own heart but she loves f1 is definitely tries to spread the love to all of them and kind of sees um, all of the strengths of all the drivers and hopefully hypes them up in their comment section with fire emojis or whatever the case may be. So that's really done um, intentionally for people not to know who my favorite is. <laughs> I think you. Yeah. Daniel was the catalyst um, into the sport for us as well. But yeah. I feel like after we started the podcast, we tried to not be as like, I love yeah. Lando and I love Carlos because at one point Adrian and I, I talked know, and we were like, like this is not, yeah, that. this is not a Car Lando <laughs> podcast. We need to talk about other drivers. <laughs> Gotta branch that. out. <laughs> yeah. And it's exciting because now I'm like, oh, what is Lance up to? So like I'm going and I'm checking like everybody and not just like Lando, what's, like, what's going yeah. on? Yeah. 
And that's so like exciting too. I love that. It's just, it's a constant evolution of, of different things. But if you wanted to have a Carlando podcast, who's to say that that wouldn't do well? I mean, they are a dynamic duo. That's for sure. Love for our sure. Carlando. That, that's my favorite content is Carlando. The best content. Like, if we go back and we watch their videos on YouTube. I know. From the <laughs> Love that. Um, those are, like, feel-good videos. Like, whenever yes, you're having a bad yeah. day, those are the kind of videos that you need to watch. Mm-hmm. Have you ever met any drivers? In the I wild. I have. Ooh, In okay. the wild, I, you know, ironically, when I was, still living in Las Vegas. This was when Daniel Ricardo was still at Red Bull, like way back when Um, I saw him, but I was working. So I was on like a site tour with one of my clients. And I'm like, is that Daniel Ricardo? (laughs) And this is all like an internal dialogue for myself. And I just remember being really upset that I couldn't like go say hello to him, but it was probably for the best because he was you know, in Vegas with his, with his friends. But that was like the closest encounter as far as like not being on a racetrack this past um, May when I was at the Miami Grand Prix, I got to meet Carlos, which was really um, exciting. (laughs) How was that? Uh, um, It was amazing. He's so well-spoken. His hair is even better in person and he's just (laughs) so articulate um, and very, very intelligent, and um, you can really tell that he um, really loves what he does and knows so much about it, and it's just, like, it's so amazing to be able to listen to someone who's dedicated their entire life mm-hmm. to be at the top of the sport. Like, you, I just have so much respect for what he does and for what all the other drivers do. So when you get to meet them in person, it's just a very, um, like, exciting experience to just kind of see, um, you know, behind, like, the silver screen and kind of see them. And then it can also get really overwhelming because we're seeing them being kind of, like, propelled into celebrity culture. And that can be really overwhelming when there's so many fans and and, um, sometimes they're not necessarily respecting personal boundaries. And I could just see like the light kind of draining from his face because people just like weren't really respecting his physical space. And, and that is a really hard thing to kind of witness. So hopefully we can kind of temper that because I think if we don't, we're going to get less and less access to them because that has yeah. to be so um, mentally draining on top of being just in such a stressful sport with so much pressure. And then you have millions and millions of people, there are thousands of people crowding around you. That's, that's so much, but being able to meet them in person is obviously very, um, an exciting experience as a fan. Um, so hopefully, uh, the sky is the limit there. Um, but if I were to meet Lewis Hamilton, I would probably be like the girl in the Mercedes video from a few weeks ago where she was just like, she had gone on a hot lap and then Lewis tapped her on the shoulder and she just was like, that would be me. I would probably lose words if I was around Lewis Hamilton. I think that's the only driver that I would be, you know, starstruck by. He has like this aura, this power, like star power about him. Every time I've seen him in person, I've never like spoken to him, but I've seen him fairly up close and he just has like crazy star power about him. So I think that would be the one person that would make me, um, you know, a little bit nervous <laughs> to meet I'm in person. Honestly, same. Like, if I were to see him strutting into the paddock with like the fits he pulls together, I'd be starstruck for sure. 
so would yeah. I. Just thinking about it right now, like I like I my see yeah. It. I can see him walking <laughs> through the gates. It's like yeah, his vibe. You can just feel it radiating. And I love what he's done for fashion. Like he, he really has gotten so much hate for so many different things over the years, which is a completely different conversation. But now we're seeing drivers like Joe and even Yuki and all these people kind of express themselves with fashion. Even George Russell lately has been (laughs) kind of surprising us with, with his fits and his new like Conrad Fisher era. So I just think that's so exciting. (laughs) I just love that for him and like he's he's done so much for this sport on track and off track and his legacy is something that um is is truly indescribable so um yeah meeting him would be a dream for sure well, I hope that happens for you <laughs> I hope it happens for everyone but sadly that's just not a not a reality yeah. <laughs> but to your point of like fans just like overwhelming drivers I was in Miami this past year as well during quality when Charles crashed I was in that section where he crashed so I was able to see him get on the moped but all these fans came crowding and they were like patting his helmet and I'm like that's so crazy to just have been in an accident and there's hundreds of people screaming your name and touching you like what if you're concussed like he was just sitting there (laughs) not moving so calm they remain so calm Mm -hmm. when they can easily just be like don't touch me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They're true professionals through and through. <laughs> and they um, just being in just so such high pressure, high stress situations with the margins being as slim as they are. I mean, in the wise words of Daniel Ricardo, they are high performance athletes, but that is just, <laughs> just being in, in those types of situations where you crash and then there's so many people just surrounding you and you have to continue um to keep yourself composed. I mean, I, I can't imagine. I would like walk off the track and no one would ever see me again. <laughs> you know, so yeah, they're like, like high cry. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't anyone see me right now? Yeah. It's 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 wild to think about, but they they do a great job of it. So um, that's why that's why they're Formula One drivers, right? That's why they're at the pinnacle of motorsport. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, we have kind of a funny question for you. Okay. <laughs> um, I think Darlene mentioned that I'm getting married next year. Who do you think? And Michaela was a wedding planner. Yes, which is a past life, life, right? In a past life. That's awesome. That's... I, I can only imagine what that was like because planning <laughs> one is like, yikes. But who do you think would be the best plus one for Darlene? If we could bring a plus, if she could bring a plus one to the wedding. If I had an F1 driver to bring, I would be bringing a plus one to your wedding. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, congratulations on your wedding. That's just so, so, so exciting. Um, it is such a stressful time when you're planning a wedding and being a bride. So sending all the positive vibes to you. Um, and it's just going to be an amazing day and I hope that you just soak it up and enjoy it. But I think for a plus one, you, there's two different routes that I could go. So I have like two sets of examples. I think a really fun plus one is someone who's very effervescent, kind of like life of the party, someone that you don't really have to worry about, but they're going to like 
be on the dance floor and they're going to be having fun. And that's always fun at weddings. And I feel like Max and Daniel would be that type of wedding date where they would just be having a really great time. <laughs> um, on the other hand, I think another really good quality of a plus one is someone who's really charismatic and can carry a conversation with people that you don't know. Um, because when you're at a wedding as a plus one, you probably don't know everyone there and someone who's really confident and articulate. So on that aspect, I think Alex or George would be a really good plus one. They're both well dressed, they're both very charismatic and they both seem like they, they could hold a conversation like during dinner um, with people that they yeah. haven't met or well, over cocktail sure. hour. <laughs> so those yeah. are my two kind of like um, ways that you could go, but I, I think either way, you can't, they, you can't go wrong. These drivers are PR trained like crazy, so they would be fine at the wedding. <laughs> Adriana, do you accept them at your wedding? I really like the idea of George. So do I. Surprisingly, <laughs> so do I. <laughs> I Amazing. Like all of those boxes. I also think he'd be on the dance floor. He's tall. He's going to be well dressed. it up with people getting to know he'd be like the, the table person like the one making conversations at the table that's a good oh yeah that is a great one <laughs> he would be making like george jokes with like the moms and the dads and like yeah. i just think he would do a great job and he matches the aesthetic so if there is a dress oh, code you know that george george would definitely show up exactly according to the dress code so as a bride that would be a relief to you so he's not showing up in jeans to your wedding so i think that's a, that would be a really good choice i think so he'd be a hit amongst the older crowd he would he would i <laughs> can see sure. loving him yeah he'd mm -hmm. be really well liked that's really funny okay thanks for that, that he hadn't crossed my mind, but I hope Carmen lends him out for Adriana's wedding. Even even if Carmen came too, like I feel like she would be amazing at weddings. Like she would just she would be oh. uh, be beautiful, amazing, kind. She would be talking yeah. to everyone, and that's just like that's the kind of people that you want at your wedding. It's just like very easy. Um, they would probably bring a really thoughtful gift, and um, yeah, that's that's what you need at weddings is people who are fun and thoughtful and um easygoing and life of the party like you know that's what you want you just want good vibes all around all the good vibes well totally can you send them an invite carmen is spanish I'm it's sure. a hispanic people, wedding people yeah. sometimes send out invites randomly to like brands and then brands will send gifts so, oh really <laughs> yeah i've seen it happen like kate spade will always send a gift like Thank you just you. have to send your invite to them but let's we try shoot our shot you always have to shoot your shot you could always send it to one of the teams and see if they um, they do something um, like even if it's just like a signed card or something. You never oh, know. I feel like the teams are yeah. always responding to fan like mail or whatever. That would be the best part about getting married. It would be getting a signed card. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And planning wedding is a, is a lot of work. So you deserve all of the gifts and everything after after the fact. Things. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, very um, excited. We do have a little, and this is the last part, but we do have a little segment that we normally do around this time or sometimes when like seats open up um, is called Guess the Grid. So we know of, I believe it's four, but please correct us if we're wrong, four potential open seats at the end of 
2023. And we were curious on your take on, do you think they're going to be resigned? Do you think someone new will come in? Um, and then we have them as Williams, the two Alpha Tori seats, and then the one Alpha Romero. What are your thoughts? Yes. Yes. So I was reading, I think Chris Medlin part published mm -hmm. an article today that was really interesting. I haven't researched it at all, but there are rumors and speculation that, that for the two Alpha Tari set seats that are open right now, that Yuki might go to Red Bull as a reserve driver, um, kind of like what Alex Albon had done um, and kind of work closely with Max and Checo for the next season, which would therefore mean that Liam Lawson and Daniel Ricardo would be together at Alpha Tori, which I think would be really um, very interesting. Um, I obviously, as a Daniel Ricardo fan, um, number one, I just want to see him back on the grid in any capacity, as long as he's happy and healthy. I know that he's going to be in Singapore this weekend. He's just not doing any media. So hopefully that's a sign of positive things to come. And I think Liam has done such an incredible job being thrown into the lion's den. Um, the, his first race, I can't think of a more difficult first weekend on the job. <laughs> and for him to, to kind of power through that was um, definitely worthy of a lot of attention and respect. So I can see why Red Bull's kind of in this really interesting predicament of how they want to approach these two open seats, especially with the new rebranding next year. So we'll see about that. And then um, there's the Williams seat for, for Logan Sargent, which, oh, poor Logan has just had some really tough luck lately. And you just, some of those images, it just made me wonder if there's something that we don't know about him and the future of his seat. So hopefully that gets all um figured out for the, him. And then for Joe and the Alfa Romeo seat, I think he might stick with Sauber, to be honest with you. I think he's really done a really good job with Valtteri and kind of keeping the pace with him and bringing in, as we all know, F1, money is everything in F1. And he's been having so many partnerships lately with really big brands. So I think he's bringing a lot of more money in. Um, and I just don't want to see him go from the grid, but there's so many amazing younger drivers that I also want to see have the opportunity to get into the grid too. And then you have IndyCar drivers like Alex Pillow being rumored with McLaren and all of, and all of these different things. So I don't know what's happening, um, but ultimately I just, as a Daniel Ricardo fan, I just want to see him on the grid next year. That's my, my one and only prediction and it's really just me manifesting it into reality <laughs> we'll, we'll manifest with you too I feel yeah. like it's been a tease we got him taken away and then he came back yeah. and sadly he's injured and now we won't have him for probably the next two races so I hope he is on the grid for 2024 yeah. and we already talked about this but if they do rebrand to like Hugo Boss I feel like Daniel would be the perfect face for that brand Daniel's point. like I think the perfect brace, the perfect face for any <laughs> brand. He's just like a PR dream, you know. He yeah. just does. I think he really gets it, and he's been um, a driver like a Lewis Hamilton or a Charles Leclerc that just is so PR friendly and very, very marketable. So I think what whatever team he ends up on is going to be a very lucky team in terms of like the marketability of that Daniel Ricardo. He has a very rec 
recognizable brand. So yeah, um, yeah. selfishly, I would love to see him back. As well, long as he's healthy and happy, that's what matters to me. Agree. Agree, yeah. And I did not know about you. Yeah, I need to read that article as well. Oh, yeah. That was interesting. I think that just came out. That just came out today. So I don't know if that's fact or fiction. But normally when Chris Medlin is saying something, there's mm -hmm. there might be some, some weight yeah. to it. But, but we'll see what's happening. I do think that Red Bull definitely has a lot to consider because they have Max Verstappen, who's obviously been so dominant, so unstoppable um, in the rocket ship that is the RB19. And then you have Checo, who's had a little bit more of a complicated season. And, you know, his he has his contract for next year, but Helmut Marco obviously has made a lot of very ignorant comments about him. Um, we saw the comments, like, what? Just like, what? How does, like, how does, yeah, yeah, he just, I don't, I don't understand how I think the, the good thing is, is that all of the content creators and the social media online, uh, online kind of demands accountability from an organization like Red Bull to be connected to Helmet Marco when he's saying the types of things that he's saying. Um, and obviously he came out and made a statement after the fact, but hopefully there can be um, some more serious things that happen when when someone says really damaging words like Helmut Marco has said on multiple different occasions. But um, at the end of the day, obviously I don't think Max Verstappen is going anywhere, but I do think that Red Bull wants a very competitive person in the seat next to him when they have such a great car. Um, so we'll kind of see what happens there. They're definitely in a predicament, though. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with those two AlphaTauri seats. Yeah. And yeah. the Lando rumors were circulating as well, which I feel like they have cooled down now. But we say where there's smoke, there's fire in F1. If you hear something, it's been whispered about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Lando is... I mean, he's a hot commodity. He's a young driver. He's obviously very talented, very impressive. Um, and to see him in a car that could, you know, that's obviously mm -hmm. McLaren's a little bit on the up and up now. So I'm hoping that they stay there. We could see maybe some Orlando podiums and Oscar podium would be amazing. So hopefully we'll see that. But I know that Lando's hungry for his first win in F1. And hopefully we can see that soon, whether it's with McLaren or another team. But I don't know if he's, if Zach Brown is going to release his, Lando Norris. I think that's his, you know, golden so child. Big. I know. I do feel like, and on Lando's side too, like that's the team he's grown up in, with. And I don't know, but sometimes they are ruthless and are just like, I want something new. Oh, yeah. The win. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can, At the end of the day, these are extremely competitive guys. Like they want to win. They want to beat each other. They want to beat their teammates. They want to, you know, be number one. They want to get the title. So, whatever they need to do to get there, but there's a lot of strategy behind that. And I'm obviously not privy to any of those conversations and there's people who know way more than I do. So I just sit back, relax and get my popcorn out and enjoy the show. <laughs> the show. <laughs> it's a yes. great show. Okay, well, we're off to Singapore this weekend, not us. <laughs> I always have to correct that, like, we're not actually we're ready. Not. We're not actually going, but we will be watching the race. So any podium predictions? 
Well, it would be silly to think that Max wouldn't be on the podium. <laughs> I saw you this stat today. I saw this stat today that's really interesting that Red Bull can actually win the constructors yeah, in Singapore. Yeah. If Red Bull gets gets P1 and P2 and Mercedes doesn't score any points. Yeah. Um yeah. which would be um ad, it would be mind-blowing honestly exactly. to 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 witness that. And then you also have they've changed the track circuit a little bit. So they removed yeah. four corners. Awesome. So I think for cars like the Williams and, and McLaren that have that top line speed, I think we might be able to maybe a little bit of Singapore magic can happen for Orlando Norris and Alex Albon, Oscar Piastri, maybe, maybe Logan Sargent can get some luck on his side finally, um, because I think their cars will be really well suited with, with more straights. And then there were rumblings of maybe some more, like a, another DRS. And we know how powerful the Red Bull is when there's DRS. So if that happens, yeah. you know, we might get very well get a Red Bull one, two. And so it will be exciting to see what happens in Singapore. It's such a physical race and it's so demanding of them. Um, so I just can't, can't wait to see what happens. But I think my prediction is we're, <laughs> we're gonna see a Red Bull on the podium, maybe two Red Bulls. Um, but Red Bull is saying that they're they're expecting Charles Leclerc to be very competitive, which selfishly I too would love to see Charles Leclerc on the podium. So we I would like would. to. Yeah, I, who doesn't want Charles Leclerc to be on the podium these days? We need just needs to him have, on the podium. <laughs> we do. We really do. So if Red Bull's going to say that in the media, I'm just going to. Um, echo what they're saying and be may our Delulu become the true Lulu is my yeah, view. I love that. Um, saying. Let's channel it. Let's channel it. Yes. Manifesting. I mean, selfishly, I do want a Ferrari. I'd be happy with either. Um, I think a Red Bull will for sure be there. And then I want like a wild card. I want like, oh, yeah. there's been a lot of different podiums this year with lots of different people. I mean, Max is usually on it, but lots of different people have made a podium. And so I hope this is one of those races where it's someone who isn't normally on a podium. Yeah, I think we'll have a surprise in Singapore. I do think that a Red Bull will be on the podium. Maybe Max will finally get his first win in winning Singapore. Maybe mm -hmm. a McLaren. Maybe it's Oscar. And I Ooh. remember seeing this track might suit them as well. So maybe George or that Lewis. Would be, that would be amazing. And like when you have a surprise person on the podium, like we've had those two Alpine surprise podiums and we had Esty Bestie on the podium, baby in yes. Monaco. And then we had Pierre on the podium. I mean, it was just like those two podiums were so uh, like exciting to witness yeah. because you mm -hmm. just see like how important it is to these drivers and obviously it's important to them but just to see like the emotion and the physicality and how excited they are for me like that just makes me tear up when I'm watching them um you know at the podium ceremonies like I feel like I'm I'm living it in real time with them it's just so exciting to see so whenever we have those magical moments where it's a surprise podium I really enjoy that so Hopefully yeah, that also happens. Their, as radios. We get. their radios when they finish. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just like, I get so emotional. I'm like, this is so, I'm happy for you. Like, I was awesome. so happy for Pierre, especially after their DNFs. <laughs> like, that was much needed. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. He was just, he was so excited. And you can just hear it in his voice. 
And, and it's not just for Pierre, it's for the entire team, right? There's so many people that go into the race weekend, whether it's the engineers, the strategists, um, everyone who's working there. And it's like a really huge team victory that means so much to them. So I really hope that we can see something like that. Obviously it's great for Red Bull. We're witnessing history right now. And that's something exciting to be a part of, regardless if you're a Red Bull Max fan or not. Um, but hopefully we can see maybe Ferrari not mess up pit stops, um, entirely in strategy and we can like, you know, get on a podium. That would be really, really amazing. Selfishly. <laughs> well, I'm excited for this weekend. Me too. Very excited. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, it is Wednesday and I know tomorrow's Thursday, Thursday. So you probably have a very <laughs> tough week because it is hot in Singapore and the drivers have just been like posting thirst traps so this is something kind of i found it funny so i posted the picture of lando and i tagged and i said if this isn't p1 i don't know what is and a guy who's nice respectful he goes oh but that doesn't look like max like basically saying that only max is winning and i said what did i say i said oh different competition or something like that he goes i think charles has a better chance of winning that competition i'm like are you keeping up with thirsty thursday he goes no i just watched the races but yeah hopefully he wins it was just funny because like I was like who is this guy that's following us I don't think he knows what I was referring to well that's so sweet of him to engage with your content so shout out to him for being like nice and respectful but I will say Lando overtook Charles Leclerc in the Thirsty Thursday championship standing so yeah I I don't know if I agree with him yeah, and he I'm, was the People's Parch Sprint champion, so I think Lando is I know, definitely. I, know <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean the airplane pics. Oh, did you see those? The he, photo shoot in the airplane bathroom. Like he just went into the airplane bathroom. He's like, I'm feeling myself after probably like 20 hours of flying. Let me take all these selfies. <laughs> I just think it's so funny, like more power to them. Um, Everyone knows that I am very pro thirst trap and I am always, when regardless of how you identify, I am always going to hype people up in their comment sections for whatever they post online. Um, So good for him. I, I certainly would not take selfies after a long haul flight, but I love that he felt empowered to do so and he, and he looked amazing. So good for him. I love that for Lando. Uh, we just need to ask him if he uses conditioner or not. Like, is he on the Carlos Sainz conditioner or is he using Moroccan oil? Like everyone is saying, I, those are the if, questions that we well, need to answer. If they were smart, to. if the press conferences were smart, they would be asking these things. Okay, wait. So, so I feel like Lando takes a lot of advice from Carlos. So Carlos probably told him not to use conditioner, but I have been up close and personal with Lando and he wears, he uses a lot of gel. Like it's very jelly. Um, so, we we need to do a deep dive investigation into this very important topic. <laughs> who uses conditioner? Who uses conditioner and who doesn't? We need answers. Carlos has sparked uh, a new dialogue in terms of hair care. So we, we are very curious to know. <laughs> I'm going to pay attention. I feel like we're going to see a change in hair all because people stopped using conditioner. The drivers are like, Carlos doesn't use it. I'm not using it anymore. 
It's, it's Carlos effect. This is the new Carlos effect. No, it's kind of like Lewis is like a million step skin carotene. Yep. Okay, exactly. Yeah, Lewis has the best skin. That's actually one of the things that sparked the podcast. We were just talking about how George and Lewis had the best skin. And we're like, do you think Mercedes has an esthetician with them? Like, instead of a team oh. doctor, they have a team esthetician. Ooh, I bet. I mean, I bet. Who doesn't love some good self-care and taking care of your skin? I mean, Lewis is a Capricorn. Like, he's he's playing the long game. I can totally see that happening. <laughs> I mean, Susie Wolf is, like, Susie Wolf, I feel like she would be, like, Toto. It's like, let's go get a facial or something. She's, like, I feel like she would definitely be into that. And Susie's a very smart lady. So, yes, I don't know. I, I definitely think. Mercedes has the budget. All of the teams were under the cost cap this season. So facials obviously so didn't put, put them over the edge. We got no drama on that <laughs> end. No drama. Uh, well, it's probably for the best. I don't think I could go through another like online warfare like we did last season, but we'll we'll see. The draw there's always something dramatic that's gonna happen in Formula One. So we, we just have to sit back and, and wait oh, and see. Good what happens on track this weekend. <laughs> yeah. okay. Well, this has been so great. Thank you again for coming on. I'm so glad we finally got to do this. Yes. I was like, is this ever going to happen? Like we had to like change the dates around, but we did we it. Made it work. Worked it out. Lucky 13. Yeah. Uh, it was an amazing conversation. I love chatting with you girls and hopefully we can connect in person at a race. That is like yes. the the epitome of taking online hype girl friendships to the next level sure. when you're at the races. <laughs> yes, for sure. sure. Hopefully it will be at Coda. Yes. You do. You do. Yeah. It's it's gonna be like it's gonna be like Taylor Swift, but with really loud race cars and yeah. uh, it'll be awesome. I got to go to the track last December for another best friend's bachelorette. We, we went go-karting. So I've been on the track, but obviously it wasn't F1, so I could only imagine it. Yeah. Oh, it's like electric. The energy is everything. In Austin, I feel like the city just lights up. And I don't know. And I feel like this year, there's so many people that are going to be there. So it's just going to be like, I keep saying it's like the Super Bowl, but I really mean that yeah. because there's so many people there. I really mm -hmm. want to plan a Taylor Swift Eras night where everyone dresses in Taylor Swift, their Eras outfits. So we get yes. like them to play Taylor Swift at bars. So I'm trying to, oh, oh my God, you guys, everyone's invited, literally. That would be my dream. So I'm trying to figure out how to make my dream into reality. Um, but so keep your eyes out for something like that. I think that would be the coolest thing ever okay, really awesome hard. um so with that where can everybody find you so they make sure not to miss out on the invite um i am on tiktok at she loves f1 and then on instagram i'm at she loves formula one um so whichever one i feel like i'm talking there all the time so you can't really miss me if you love <laughs> um motorsport with a little bit of spice as i like to say so just a little bit of, of a different if, <laughs> yeah, if you, 
if you like pop culture and Taylor Swift and the summer I turned pretty and, and things like that, then you'll definitely probably love She Loves F1. But even if you don't love that, I like wake up at 2.30 in the morning and do live race um, like in my stories. So it, it's kind of a, a mixed bag of everything, but everyone's welcome at She Loves F1, as long as you're nice. <laughs> yes. Yay, <laughs> because you so much.